Welcome back to This Wonderland Life with Alice Marie. I'm Alice Marie, and today we're going to be talking about how my boyfriend Andy and I met, got together, ended up moving down to South Carolina and purchasing a 12-acre homestead in the last five and a half years. So it's been quite the journey. I woke up this morning and Andy asked me what we were doing for Valentine's Day today, and I was like... What do you mean? We've never done anything for Valentine's Day. We've been together five and a half years. What are you talking about? (laughs) And I guess we're going to go out to dinner tonight and celebrate Valentine's Day for the first time ever in our relationship. And I thought it would be really fun to talk to you guys a little bit about how we met and where we're at now, how we got here, some of the things that have been tripping points in our relationship, some of the things that have been really amazing, and some of the ways that we have gotten through some of those things. So we're going to do a quick story today. It's not going to be everything in detail. And then going forward, I'm going to do some things about our relationship that may help you with your relationship as well. Don't forget, you can always follow me down on Instagram at This Wonderland Life, on Facebook, from struggling homemakers to thriving home CEOs living this wonderland life, and always on my website, thiswonderlandlife.com. You guys can email me directly from there, or you can message me over on Instagram, put a comment in the show down below, however that goes, and let's get into it. It's hard to believe that it was five and a half years ago that Andy and I met. Um, I was 27 or almost 27 years old. I honestly would have to do the math on that. I can't tell you exactly how old I was. I was either 26 or 27 when Andy and I met. I was dating. I had planned on moving to South Carolina And I was at almost a year of that plan when Andy and I met. I had gone down to South Carolina in September of 2020. No. Where are my years going? September of 2015, I had gone down to South Carolina. And then in June of 2016, I was doing some online dating, just trying to have fun, go out, do something. And I went on this really bad date, really bad first date. You guys, this guy was talking to me about his prison stint. Like it was a really bad first date. I could not get out of there fast enough. And the day before Andy had messaged me on this dating app and I turned down his date for the next day because I already had plans. So we had made plans to go out on Thursday. The bad date was on Tuesday and Wednesday rolls around. I'm sitting around with some friends around the fire and we're talking and I'm like, yeah, I got another bad date tomorrow. Like, Another bad first date because that's all they had been at this point. They'd been bad first dates, which was fine. I was just, like I said, trying to 
do something, have something to do. There wasn't much to do. I was mid twenties. Most of the people I worked with were early twenties and, or had kids and families. And it was just, there wasn't anything to do. So I was dating and I was dating without intent for the first time in my life. I was just having fun, planning and moving to South Carolina in four months did not think that I was going to find somebody I wanted to be in a relationship with. Well, Thursday rolls around. June 9th of 2016. And I go out with Andy. Meet him after work at this pool hall. And we had so much fun. It was the best first date I'd ever been on. And... I had to work the next morning. We were out until three o'clock in the morning. It was the longest first date I'd been on in a long time. It was just absolutely amazing. So we get to this bar and he pulls up in his 1995 Honda Civic. And I'm in my brand new 2016 Chevy Malibu. And I looked over to the right and I was like, I kind of hope this isn't that guy. Because this car made me think that this guy was like some young teenager mentality going on. If you see his car, you will completely understand what I'm talking about. I'll have to like post a picture on my Instagram of his car today because, or maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Um, But either way, (laughs) I will have a picture on Instagram of his car so you guys can see exactly what I'm talking about because he still has that car it's sitting out front and needs some work done to it but it is his baby his 1995 honda civic and he thinks it's a race car anyway <laughs> we're on this date we are at the bar we grab some beers we play some pool i kick off my heels that i had been in all day from work and we really just had a great time at the end of the night the bar is getting ready to close down and I can't find my car keys anywhere. Anywhere. Now, if you know me well, this is not uncommon. (laughs) I lose things all the time. Out in public, not as often. But at home, I'm losing things all the time. And I'm not always very calm about it. But I was on my first date and I just got this new car. It was a month or so old. And I knew that I had OnStar. And with OnStar... They'll unlock your vehicle. They'll help stop it if it gets stolen. Like, there's so many benefits to OnStar. So I was, like, really calm about it because if I locked my keys in the car somehow, I can unlock the car via phone, have the satellite do its thing. Like, I'm really calm about the situation because I know that my keys either have to be in the bar or in the car. I drove here and we've not left here. So I'm looking around trying to find my keys. I finally found him in the bathroom. He was really impressed with how calm I was. You guys, I had no idea that I was lying to him at the time about who I was as a person, but I was. (laughs) He was really impressed with how calm I was. I found this out like months later. And so we left the bar after it closed and we stood outside and we talked for like another two hours. The next day... He brought me an iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts 
to work, which was amazing. I love coffee. He hates coffee. And that was something we actually talked about on our first date. And I told him what kind of coffee I liked and he brought it to me, which was so absolutely sweet. Brought it to me at work. And that day I was going down to the racetrack to see some friends race and hang out with some friends. It was about an hour and a half south of us. And I was planning on going by myself. So I went by myself, hung out with my friends, did my thing. And then Saturday we had our second date. We went up to the city. We were living in Illinois at the time. So that was Chicago. And had a blast. We walked around the city for hours. I mean, hours. I think I drove to his house somewhere in like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning And then he drove my car up to the city. We parked and we walked down to the pier. We did everything. We walked around everywhere. And we probably got home at like 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. Like it was an all day event. And by this point, you guys, I was absolutely head over heels. On our first date, I knew this was right. This is exactly who I wanted to be with. He was absolutely amazing. And like, I was just so giddy and like things that you don't normally feel on a first date. Like you get excited about a first date, but I know sometimes you get that like first date, this is right kind of thing. And it just doesn't happen very often. So I had this like amazing feeling with him. I couldn't stop talking about him. I was just so excited to see him every time I saw him. And from our second day on, we were together every day. It was an everyday thing. Um, he was either at my house or I was at his house. And here we are five and a half years later. <laughs> we have spent a maybe 15 days apart in our entire relationship. Um, obviously not 15 days just at night or anything like that. Like he used to work third shift and everything. So we've had a lot of time where he's sleeping during the day and I'm awake and then he's up at night and I'm asleep and, but we have been together all but about 15 days in the last five and a half years and it's amazing, you guys. So on our second date while we were walking around the city, I brought up that I had plans to leave Illinois. I had been planning on moving to Charleston and I absolutely love Charleston. So I needed to let this guy know, like, we're on our second date. I haven't had a second date in a long time. And I just thought it was really important that he knows, like, I don't want to stay in Illinois. And I was very adamant on not staying there. So part of the reason I was just dating was because I don't want to force somebody to feel like they have to move. But I also didn't want to feel like I was forced to stay because I met somebody. So... It was kind of a scary thing to bring up because it's the second date. I don't know him very well, but we just spent hours and hours and hours together. 
a couple days ago and I really liked him. So I needed to bring it up and his response just made me so happy. He had no intent of staying in Illinois. He did not want to stay in Illinois. He was not happy in Illinois. And so that just, it, it made me super happy because this guy actually would be interested in leaving the state. And so we talked a little bit more about where I wanted to go. And my criteria at the time was very simple. I needed to be within driving distance to the beach. And that means being able to go when I want to go. So right now we live 45 minutes away from the beach. I could go to the beach anytime I want to. Obviously, I'm busy and I don't get to go to the beach as often as I want to. But I can drive to the beach whenever my time allows and I can go whenever I want. But I also needed to be at least Atlanta or further south. And that was for my vitamin D levels, which I told him about. I have had severe vitamin D deficiencies in my life. And I learned a lot about vitamin D. Um, At the point that him and I met, I was about a year and a half to two years into my vitamin D research journey, (laughs) as I would call it, because the next the five and a half years since Andy and I met, I've still learned so much about vitamin D and what it's good for. So before he and I met, I had started that journey. I had been tested with my vitamin D levels and they were the only levels in my body that were low. My doctor had told me that if you live north of Atlanta, you're likely to have a vitamin D deficiency because you can't produce vitamin D year round and like The sun needs to be at a certain angle in the sky. There's so many things with vitamin D. I'll have to do a podcast on vitamin D specifically. But so I was telling him all of this stuff and he completely understood. He got it. And I said, I want to move to Atlanta or south of Atlanta and close to the beach. So we said, yeah, Charleston sounds great. And he had never been to Charleston. He'd never been to the ocean. Like he had no idea what it was, but he was down for it. And that was huge for me. So date two comes to an end and I'm just super duper excited. I've got this amazing guy who also wants to move out of state. He's interested in possibly moving to the same place I want to move to. And he was like ready to just jump in and do it with me. And we had only been on two dates and we were in the middle of our second date. So this was really exciting for me because I really liked him. Right. So we're dating. We're after our second date, we're together like every day. I think in the last five and a half years, we have spent about 15 days apart and 10 of those I was in Florida with my mom, helping her get one of her rentals up and going. It was the first one. So we're dating. Everything's going great. We're spending all this time together. We're planning this move down to South Carolina. And it is June of 2016. Ten days after we start dating, you guys, we are at my stepsister's graduation party. She was graduating from college. Or maybe it was my brother's graduation party. One of the two. It was somebody's graduation party 
in my family <laughs> we were at my house and we were sitting out in the backyard and Andy and I went down and we sat on the bench and we were talking and like I had all these feelings I know you guys get it like when you have all of those feelings for somebody and it's so soon and it's so fast and it can be really overwhelming so I'm a really emotional person and I was fighting back tears like it was just like taking over me how much I felt for this man and we're sitting on the bench we're talking and he says I love you and I broke down happy tears all good things but I was just like it it all came out all of the feelings came out of my eyes and I was just I was so happy I was relieved I It really confirmed for me that he felt the same way that I did and I wasn't actually crazy at this point because a week and a half into meeting somebody, I should not be like having these urges to be like, I love you, but I did. (laughs) So the rest of the night goes great. We're all good. Everything's good. We move on and now I can tell you right now, Andy and I say I love you about a million times a day. (laughs) It is. For the last five and a half years, we have been saying I love you over and over and over again. We both are the kind of people that like to hear the words I love you. And we also like to show love in a physical touch kind of way. So words of affirmation and physical touch are our two love languages and it works out really well. Also, probably the reason why we don't celebrate Valentine's Day on a regular basis Neither one of us are the kind of people that really show love through gift giving or receiving. So, yes, we love to give gifts. We love to make gifts fun for people. I especially love, like, Christmas time, going shopping for everybody. Like, I love giving gifts. But it's not how I show my love best to my partner. So we really just naturally lean towards words of affirmation, physical touch, and acts of service would be kind of thrown in there as well when we think about, like, I make lunch for Andy every morning as an act of love. But that's beyond the point. So we're saying I love you like a million times a day, and I am just so happy with this guy. Now, our next hurdle was my sister's wedding. My sister and I don't talk very much. She was kind of back in our lives at that point in time. It's a long story with my sister. But I had this guy that I'm dating, and my sister's wedding is four months away. She was getting married in September. And I didn't know if it was going to last. Let's be honest. Even though we both say we love each other and we want to move to Charleston together, anything can happen. I am a divorced woman. I know that at any given point in time, life can change. So (laughs) I tell them about my sister's wedding and that we're going to go to this thing. We're going to stay in this hotel because we've got to be there like for two and a half days or something like that. And... I had already booked the hotel, paid for the hotel. He offered to pay for half of it. And I told him no, because I was afraid that we weren't going to last until the wedding. So even though he has told me 
he loves me. He's told me that he wants to move across the country with me. I'm still doubting whether or not he actually feels the same way I do about him towards me. I'm a crazy woman, you guys. Absolutely crazy woman. I can't even listen to the words coming out of his mouth. So at one point in time, I tell him that we need to slow things down. Things are going too fast. This just, it's too much too fast for me. So at one point in time, I tell him that we need to slow things down. This is going too fast for me. I mean, I was just dating before I met him. I was not planning on being in a relationship. I was not planning on somebody moving down to South Carolina with me. I was planning on doing that all by myself. And I've done something similar before I moved to California all by myself somewhere around 11 years ago. We're all good at the wedding. Everything's great at the wedding. Everybody loves him. At this point, we've spent almost every single day of the last four months together. I fell even more in love with this guy, right? We hit November. We go celebrate my birthday with my mom and my stepdad and things happened while we were at dinner and I was told that I needed to move out. So the next day, which was my actual birthday, Andy and I spent the day packing up my bedroom and moving it into a storage room. And I moved in with him for a couple weeks while we searched for an apartment. We've been together almost six months at this point and we're looking for an apartment. Now, my previous marriage, my relationship moved really fast. We ended up engaged and married within 10 months. And so for me, this is like really overwhelming because I don't want a repeat of what happened in my past. But I know it's a different guy. So I was trying really hard to keep that in mind. And we found an apartment. It was in a horrible neighborhood in the second highest crime rate city in Illinois. And it was cheap. I signed the lease by myself because again, We've only been together six months at this point, have no idea if this is going to last, and it is a year and a half long lease. So not only do I not know, are we going to be together in a year and a half from now? Are we going to make it to two years? FYI, that would be my longest dating relationship because my ex-husband and I got married at 10 months. We were together a total of 20 months before we separated. Two years is not only my longest dating relationship, but it also beats my marriage. (laughs) That was like really scary for me. We find this place, technically only I move in and we decide he's gonna move in later, although he's there every night. I'm trying to pay the bills. I'm trying to keep the lights on, keep my car payment going because I just purchased a car in May So I'm like seven months in on this car and having a really hard time making my payment and having a hard time paying my bills and struggling. By April, my car was repossessed and I had not told him about any of the struggles that I had been going through financially because it was my apartment. It wasn't our apartment. We hadn't put everything together as ours at that point. It was mine and it was his. So I was struggling and not speaking up and not telling him that I needed help. He was doing really great, like helping with buying groceries and things like that. Like I know that if I needed it, I could have asked him in that position that I talked about money. It was always something you just didn't talk about. You swept it under the rug. 
I didn't really grow up talking about money. My ex-husband had a habit of overdrawing the bank account by $500 a month. He and I did not talk about money except that it was a negative thing. So I've always had these negative connotations with money. It was really difficult for me to even think about talking about money with him. I got to a point that I had to. I had no other choice. It was either call him and talk to him about the fact that my car just got repossessed or call my mom and tell my mom that my car just got repossessed. Either way, I need to call somebody and talk to them about how I'm going to make this happen because I don't have any money in my bank account. I need to get my car back. I still have to pay my bills and I was like really, really stressed now. So I call Andy, he's at work, and I let him know that there is a man with a tow truck at the apartment to take my car. And he asks me why, and I tell him because I am 45 days late on my payment, which is the truth. I had not even hit 60 days late yet. Funny enough, I actually did plan on making those car payments with my following paycheck. So that was like in my budget plan, I didn't really have a budget then, but it was in my budget plan, like mentally, yes, I need to pay this bill. It was weighing on me. I was at a point in my life where I was dodging all the phone calls. I was refusing to answer the phone. Everything was late. Nothing was getting paid. And I had to come clean about it. I had to tell this man that I loved and wanted to spend my life with that I messed up and I messed up big time. It wasn't that I didn't pay my bill that messed me up. It wasn't that I didn't have the finances available. It was the fact that I did not lean on my partner when I needed to. And that was kind of my first big lesson in our partnership. So we're less than a year in and we are doing this thing together. And it was really the first moment that I realized this is us together. Like we can do this together. And if we're planning on moving across the country together and we're practically living together, like we should be doing all of this together. So this happens at like 10 o'clock at night. Can't do anything today. The next day I was off work because we were going to a baseball game. It was the White Sox home opener. It was something that we did like all the time. And I was really excited that he got to go with me at least once before we moved. It was my second or third time going walking towards the stadium and I'm calling this tow truck company and we get everything like set up that I'm going to come in and we're going to pay it off and get my car back. So we get that all scheduled and I believe it was the next day or the day after that, that we went in to go get my car. He drove me up there, we paid for it all and we're all good. Now we have to have these money conversations on a regular basis. And that was so hard for me never talked about money, didn't feel comfortable talking about money. I cried during every single one of these conversations for months. Our first money conversation really took weeks to get through because I had a hard time getting through it. Now I'm comfortable talking about money, so comfortable talking about money. A, it helps that all of the bills are paid. B, it helps that there's actually money in the bank account. But even before we got to this point of not feeling like we're struggling to pay the bills and not having 
to watch the bank account like a hawk because up until like a year ago that's where we were at we were watching the bank account we had to make sure that we knew what was in the bank account because we had bills coming out and I knew which bills were coming out and I had to make sure that I had all of that money in there because everything is in both of our names now which is also something that really pushed me to be a little bit better financially is having those things in our names so when we traded in the Malibu for the tracks we put it in both of our names he's got better credit than I do and it got us a better financing rate so we put it in his name as well and that really pushed me to know that I cannot be late on that payment because it affects somebody other than myself. And I'm working really hard on my credit. I've been working really hard on my credit for a long time now, but it's been like shot to the max ever since we started actually talking about money. It's amazing what happens when you actually start talking about the difficult things. Cars repossessed, it comes back. It's April of 2017. And we still have a year and a few months before we're moving out of this apartment. Andy still has not technically moved in yet. So that finally happens in June. We're together for a year before he technically moves in. And even at this point, he was still getting mailed to his parents' house. I wasn't really good at splitting things evenly enough because I just kind of gave him a, this is the flat rate for how much it costs us to live here, get groceries, pay the bills, that kind of thing. And I would have him give me that flat rate every month. Well, some of those bills fluctuated every month, which means many months I would end up paying more than he would pay. And he made more money than me and I had more bills than him. And it was just like a crazy headache. So at that point in time, we were with Fifth Third Bank. I had opened an account so that I had an account at the same bank that he had because my bank was Navy Federal. We're with Fifth Third it's a year into our relationship. Fifth Third does not tell me when I open my account that my first paycheck, if I do a mobile deposit, will not be available for two weeks. Yes, you heard that right. My entire paycheck will not be available for two weeks because I did a mobile deposit and there's nothing I can do about it. And that was our first red flag with that bank. Andy's covering everything for a couple of weeks and we're really starting to like get a hang of this whole talking about finances and talking about money thing. Then I quit my job. I was already planning on leaving. I wasn't happy. I loved the company that I was working for. I just really wasn't happy with the general sales manager. And so I decided to go find a different location, found a different job, <laughs> ended up leaving my job rather quickly and starting at my new place and that was horrible that was worse than what I could have ever expected I learned a lot about car dealerships during that transition that I was at a really good car dealership before I moved I ended up leaving there after talking to Andy about driving for Lyft and Uber so we've got this car that has been repossessed once I'm going to take it and I'm going to drive for Lyft and Uber and he was totally down for it because at this point I had already been driving for Lyft and Uber on my off time to make a little bit of extra cash. I was full-time Lyft and Uber driver, which was amazing. It gave me the opportunity to work when he was working, be home when he was home because his job had really long hours at the time. But then in 2018, May 5th, 2018, I'm sitting at a red light at about one o'clock in the morning 
out of nowhere, I get hit by two cars from behind, one on either side of me. I thought they were racing. I literally got out of the car and started yelling at these boys because I thought they were racing because they hit me on either side of my car, um, both of my taillights, basically. It turns out that one of the drivers was actually drinking and driving. He had open alcohol in the car and he was also texting and driving all at the same time. Super multitasker, not great at it. And he hit the other car as they were coming up to the red light. I was stopped at the red light and so they both ended up hitting me. My car was almost totaled to the point of begging the insurance company to relook at my adjustment because they were missing features on my car and Andy worked for a body shop at the time. So I understood kind of how the body shop thing worked and it needed to be somewhere between 70% and 80% of the value of the vehicle in order to be considered totaled. Well, when they were valuing my vehicle, they were missing features on my vehicle, like my sunroof and stuff, which is like a $3,000 feature and would help me get away from totaled because I was like right there on the border. And the last thing we wanted was my car to be totaled. I did not have gap coverage on it. I still owed a lot of money on it. Like it was not ideal for it to be totaled. So finally they got like the repairs done on it and everything. And it took forever. I was driving my mom's car for a long time. I ended up calling my old dealership. I got my old job back because I needed something for the next couple of months before we moved to South Carolina. We, yeah, so this was May 2018, and then a couple weeks later, I called and got my job back, and then I was there until we left, and during that time, I'm trying to, I I wasn't even planning on really working that much. I was planning on driving just enough to pay the bills, doing what I needed to do, because we needed to pack. I needed to clean the apartment. I needed to get us prepared to move out. I needed to move everything down to our camper and our storage unit because we weren't ready to move to South Carolina as soon as our lease was up. We ended up staying until the end of July and our lease was up at the beginning of June. So we had like almost a two month gap where we were staying in a camper, driving almost two hours to work every day and two hours home from work every day. Um, My insurance dropped me during this time after my accident because they ended up paying out on it and they they dropped me. They just dropped me. They gave me some excuse. I don't remember what it was. So I had to find new insurance and insurance rates were sky high because my insurance had just paid out over $10,000 on a claim. It was just stressful. Luckily, we weren't paying rent. So at least I had a little bit of extra cash. Still trying to save up to move down to South Carolina. Still have nothing in our savings to move down to South Carolina. And Andy gets a lead on a job. He sees that Boeing is hiring for painters. So he applies and I have a friend who worked there and he recommended him. So it all turned out great. And it turns out that they were going to pay him to move down there, which was amazing. Not only does he have a job that's going to start him off a little bit more than what he was getting paid in Illinois, but also they're going to pay for the trip down there. They're going to pay for the truck. They're going to pay for hotels and they're going to pay to transport his vehicle. So we get everything set up to move. We don't have a place to live. We're going to move into um, one of those extended stays. I had scheduled an extended stay for our arrival. He had a start date of August 5th. And so we needed to be down there before then so that he could get used to the area. We could find where we're at. We could try to find an apartment. All of the things that you need to do when you first move. Found a place to live. Gosh, I want to say two or three days before he started his job. 
So we were moving everything in the same weekend that he was starting his job. And I had had an interview and I was starting a new job the Monday after he started. He started on a Friday. I started on Monday. We're down in South Carolina. We're loving being in South Carolina, going to see all the things that we couldn't see when we were here for our trip because everything was closed due to the hurricane. And so we lived there for two years. My little brother moved down for about a year and a half. And then we started looking for a house. We started looking for a house about a year and a half into living there. It took us about six months to find. So we decide that it's time to start buying a house. Well, at this point, I was not working. Um, My job had closed its store. So I was a manager in a retail store and we were no longer open. We had closed at the end of January of 2020 before COVID happened. And I was going to stay home for a few months, get everything kind of situated for us to start packing and moving and do all the decluttering and all the things that you need to do when you're going to move from an apartment to a house. And we'd been there for two years. So there was a lot of stuff. So I'm going through everything, trying to help do the search for the house, talk to the realtor and everybody that you need to talk to when you're buying a house. Buying a house is so stressful. There is so much you have to do when you buy a house. I don't know how people do it when they work a full-time job because all of these people that you talk to only work like eight to four or nine to five. So if you work those hours, it's really, really hard to talk to them. But I was able to take care of everything. He was on second shift at the time. And at this point, I was still getting a severance pay. So I had some pay coming in, but I was not going to be on the loan because I was currently unemployed and my credit score was not where it needed to be for us to be on this loan together. So we ended up buying the house. Um, We went I will give you guys a whole podcast on our home buying process, but we got approved on one house and they backed out four days before our closing. And this was also like eight days before we were scheduled to go adopt Solo, our second dog. Um, We got our first dog a year prior when we were living in our apartment. It was just, it it was crazy headache. I was never supposed to have two dogs in that apartment and we ended up having two dogs in that apartment for almost two months. And so we had this five acre property, they backed out. We had to start all over from scratch when we had nowhere to live. Like literally we were scheduled to move out of our apartment and I wasn't sure if we were gonna be able to stay. So I kept extending by two weeks and two weeks and two weeks until it got to the point that I couldn't extend it anymore. We ended up moving into a hotel room with our two dogs. While we were waiting for this place, we had an offer in on this place July 4th and we didn't move in until September 18th. So it was a really long wait period and sometime in August, I think was the last time that I extended. So we went through the end of August at our apartment and we're in a hotel for almost two weeks. And now here we are. We are here five and a half years later. We've been through a lot of financial stress, not so much relationship stress per se. I mean, finances and stuff definitely put a toll on the relationship. A lot of it for me is trying to grasp again this whole I'm working full time, I'm trying to do my side thing, and then I'm also trying to be the homemaker. That is a lot of stress. So it's something that I'm trying to remember that he's trying to help me and even if it's not done the way that I would do it, it's still done. I tend to be the kind of person that likes to take everything out of my own shoulders you really need to be able to lean on your partner. And Andy is somebody who has really helped me learn that I need to be able to lean on my partner. 
I mean, yesterday I was so irritated with him. But I worked all day. I got up. I went to work. And then as soon as I got off work, started working on things around the house. I was really irritated because I went on lunch at like 1.30 and he was still in bed. And I'm like, there's so much to do and I don't feel like I get a day off. But that's something that like, it's a me thing. And I, I actually did dishes and folded laundry yesterday with no headphones in and really, I wouldn't say meditated, but I thought about why do I feel this way? Why do I feel overwhelmed right now? Why do I feel he's not doing what I want him to do? I haven't even told him what I want him to do. Like there's certain things that I'm starting to be able to think to myself now that five years ago I was really irritated in our apartment and he wasn't even technically living there yet and I was irritated because he wasn't doing things like dishes. A lot of things stay the same and a lot of things change in your relationship but what's really important you guys the number one thing that Andy and I have done is we are a partner on everything and it's really been a true partnership ever since April of 2017 when my car got repossessed. That was really the beginning of leaning on each other as a partner, being able to say, this person is here for me. This person is here to help me and I'm here to help them. And whatever the problem is, we're going to get through it. And that's really how we've lived our relationship is no matter what's wrong, we're going to get through it. So no matter how many times I get irritated with him because there's three bags of garbage that need to be taken to the dump or he was in bed for more hours than I thought he should have been. I know that no matter what happens, we're going to get through it. It's a responsible thing to do to pay off our debt. So that's where we're at right now. And it's something that like I talk to him and let him know, hey, this is where we're at with debt and I want to get it paid down. And if I take this job, we can get it paid down in this amount of time. So it was something that helped us come up with a plan. Now, should I have also mentioned that... I'd like him to help out around the house while I'm taking this job. Probably. And that's a communication thing. That's something that I take on myself that was totally a lack of communication on my part. But at the same time, I've got him here to help me with anything that I want him to help me with. All I have to do is ask. And I have to remember to use my voice and ask. That's where we're at right now. It is Valentine's Day. And we have been together for five and a half years a little more than five and a half years at this point. There's no end in sight, you guys. I'm finally over the little voice in my head telling me that he's not going to stick around or this isn't going to last. And it, it took me a long time to get over that little voice. That little voice was still there when we first moved to South Carolina. The man moved across the country for me, with me. And... I say for me because he makes a joke that I moved. His joke is that I stalked him to South Carolina so that I could go to the beach whenever I wanted to. All in all, everything is amazing and we're really happy. We're happy with the property that we purchased. I'm just, I'm so glad that I took a chance to meet some random guy online when all I was trying to do was get out of the house and have a little bit of fun because you never know when you're going to meet somebody. You never know when you're going to meet the somebody.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of This Wonderland Life. Again, you can always find me over on Instagram at This Wonderland Life, on Facebook from Struggling Homemakers to Thriving Home CEOs, and on my website, thiswonderlandlife.com. All of that stuff is in the show notes down below. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. I'm so excited to really get this podcast out there and even more excited this is officially episode number 10. A while back, I was talking to a friend of mine who also does podcasts, and she mentioned to me that somewhere around, I think it was like 75% of podcasts don't make it to episode 10. Maybe it was 95%. It was a really high percentage, and I'm really excited that this podcast has now made it into that top percentage of podcasts that make it to episode 10. We will have another couple of episodes coming up here in the next week or so. I cannot remember off the top of my head exactly what we're going to talk about, but if there is something you want to discuss, maybe you want my opinion on something, maybe you want to hear a story about something I've talked about in the past or posted on Facebook, message me over on Instagram put a comment down in the comments below. Send me a voice message on Spotify. Get a hold of me and tell me what you want to listen to. Until then, have a Wonderland day and I will talk to you later.